How do you do? Mr. Dilworth and Mr. McCallum feels it would be a little unkind to present this podcast without just a word of friendly warning. We're about to unfold the eighth episode of Morbidly Deceased. I think it will thrill you. It may shock you. It might even horrify you. So if any of you feel that you do not care to subject your nerves to such a strain, now is your chance to... um, Well, we've warned you. Welcome to this week's episode of Morbidly Deceased Podcast. I'm your host, JT McCallum. And I'm Evan Delworth. And uh, we've got some shit to talk about today. <laughs> um, first things first, um, I did it out of pure fun, but I ordered the t-shirts and <laughs> hoodies and pins and stuff, and it's just really surreal um, because like, I bring my laptop over to uh, Evan's apartment and like when we record the show, and... Uh, um, bring a satchel, and on the satchel I have pins from all my favorite horror movies and stuff, and it's just surreal to have, like, our title next to, like, Dawn of the Dead and Day of the Dead and stuff, and I'm like, oh, this is so yeah, cool. It's really cool. And, like, it's super basic because, like, anybody can make a button. Like, that's not really interesting or cool, yeah. but, but at the same time, it's like, hey, like, we made this. Like, this is because we talk about shit, and it's just... Yeah, the fact that it has the name of our show... On a button, it's like yeah, it's it, fucking cool. It, it's cool. It's cool. It'd be a lot cooler if someone, if like, if I saw someone else. That I know. Had. I'd, I'd probably shit. I'd be like, oh my god. Right. Exactly. So uh, you know, but uh, you know, that's that that might be coming soon. You know, <laughs> we'll see. Um, I mean, like, uh, I I just designed like a little bit of um, a, a poster kind of thing um, because my girlfriend asked at uh, the Deadly Grounds Cafe if she could hang up the poster for our show there, yeah. and they're like, "Oh yeah, bring it in." So I just designed like a quick one. It's like, "Hey, do you like podcasts? Do you like horror? You should listen to yeah. it. you know." So it's like that would be cool to like walk in there and like see it hanging yeah. up, and, and so yeah, so it might get somebody's attention. Like, yeah, exactly. So that'd be the cool thing. That'd be super awesome. <laughs> so yeah, we're both pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, okay, so the first topic that we're going to talk about, um, we're just going to do kind of like a brief overview on like the Universal Monsters to start out today's Which discussion. Which is like all on you because I watched like yeah, a couple of them no when I was problem. younger. Yeah, no problem, okay. And I'm going to go back and revisit some now. Okay, um, so I personally love the Universal Monsters. Um, not all the movies are fantastic, but... <laughs> I just love, like, even, like, the worst movies of them. Because, like, it's really hard to compare them to, like, modern-day movies, right? But at the same time, like, there's just this charm that they have about them. And, like, sure, they might not be scary. I mean, some of them are actually a little bit creepy. Like, they certainly have, like, atmosphere and stuff. But, like, in terms of, like, scaring people the same way that it... That, like, a modern movie would, I don't think they really work on that level anymore. But, Mm -hmm. um... At the same time, like, uh, so Universal, uh, for those of you who are living under a fucking rock, uh, <laughs> Universal, uh, in the 30s, um, they started making sound movies, and uh, they were known for um, 
silent horror movies as well of things like um phantom of the opera and uh hunchback of notre dame and stuff like that um but then in 1931 they came out with the very first sound horror film which was dracula and uh after that, they in the same year, James Whale directed Frankenstein, and then James Whale directed Bride of Frankenstein and uh, the original uh, The Invisible Man, which we will be talking about later on in the episode. Um, and then, uh, so it starts in like 1931 with Dracula, Frankenstein. Um, you include Invisible Man in that group, um, and then... You kind of take a break until about 1941 until you get, like, the Wolfman. And then you take another break until 51. And then you get uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, those are, like, the main ones. Those are the ones that are featured in, like, uh, Monster Squad and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and uh, these monsters... Regardless of whether or not you like the movies, these monsters are classic. These monsters will be around until the end of time, basically. Like, you can't... Somebody who hasn't watched them or anything, you can't say, you know, the Wolfman, the Invisible Man, Dracula. They know who it is no matter what. Like, right. It's so iconic. Right. You you don't have to, like, watch the movies to not know who these people are. No, exactly, right? And, like, every... It's so funny because, like, these movies really... And, like, especially the actors, too. Like, they really are so... Like, it's kind of like taking... Robert Englund out of Freddy Krueger. Like, he is Freddy Krueger, okay. right? Like, you can't... Sure, other people have played Dracula, but Bela Lugosi is Dracula. Oh, yeah. Like, when people imitate Dracula, they're imitating Bela Lugosi, yeah. right? It's the same as, like, Frankenstein. Like, when you think of Frankenstein, you think of him with, like, the flat top head and yeah. with that the, the, um, the little cut. And, exactly, right? So it's like, there's so many things that you just can't um, take away from that. Like, and then... Um, Hammer over in the UK, they ended up remaking all the Universal monster movies. But like, you have Christopher Lee as Dracula, and he's great as Dracula, but he's not Bela Lugosi, yeah. right? Um, same as like, I'm pretty sure Christopher Lee also played Frankenstein's monster, but yeah, but he looks nothing like he yeah. does in <laughs> yeah. uh, in the Universal movies, right? So there's something about those black and white movies from the 30s and 40s and 50s that just for whatever reason. Are, are so ingrained they're like king kong like they're so ingrained in like american history mm-hmm. and it's just really fascinating and so um one of the biggest problems though is that over the years people keep trying to remake these movies yes. and there's been some hits and some misses the and man for one right oh it's, and so uh, one of the problems though is like um a lot of these are pretty much stories that are in the public domain so any studio like it doesn't have to be universal that remakes like a dracula like netflix just came out with their dracula show and stuff yeah. right um so the problem is is that with it being public domain you have a lot of dracula movies you have a lot of frankenstein movies and stuff right so you don't really have like it's not like it's like spider-man and you have one company making spider-man movies yeah. you know it's a bunch of people trying to remake and they're all trying to get um that same level of fame and success of the universal monsters exactly. um so, the, like I said, there have been some successful ones and some not unsuccessful <laughs> ones. And so, if you haven't seen the Universal Monsters uh, in a long time, um, I'm sure you've seen, like, uh, like the Van Helsing and stuff, right? Yeah. So, like, um, what has been your favorite outing of, like, them trying to... Trying to bring it back. Yeah. Um, definitely, like... I was really excited for Wolfman whenever that came out. I think it was, mm-hmm. like, 2007. 
I think it was 2010, actually, I think. Probably. <laughs> I it's a, a movie that I didn't really care for when right. I saw it. I was excited for that, and I forget the guy's name, the actor who played Benicio Wolf. Del Toro. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was excited because I was like, I don't mind him. I've seen him in some other things, and I like him. And then I watched the movie, and I was like, this is not yeah. good at all. Yeah. Like, Anthony Hopkins is in it, and I was like, all right, well, maybe that'll save it. Nope, that right. didn't do shit. <laughs> right. And then, like, this new Dracula series on Netflix I have to watch still, but I heard it's really good. Yeah. But I heard the last episode kind of, like, takes away from a bunch of shit and makes it, like, what the fuck? Like, you just watch the first two episodes that are pretty damn near perfect. Right. And then the third one just kind of goes, like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> right. So, I mean, there hasn't been a whole lot I've watched of the Universals. I'd say probably the last time I watched them must have been, like, ten, ten plus years ago. Right. And it would have been... Because I like the Wolfman and Creature from the Black Lagoon. Right. But I'm going to say it was probably Dracula. Was it your favorite one? Um, oh, sorry. Favorite. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> um, favorite? I think it might have been Frankenstein just because I watched that one first. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Yeah. That would have been my first, like, universal. I remember yeah. watching it at my grandma and grandpa's place. My grandpa was watching it and I sat down beside him and I was like, oh, black and white, but not. I was immersed in it. Like, yeah. I, was, I was like, oh my god. Like, yeah, Frankenstein's good. I like I'm that watching one. It. And um, everybody always says that the monster is Frankenstein. I'm like, yeah. I don't, I don't <laughs> get it. Like, yeah. So many years, it's like, no, that's Frankenstein's monster. Right. I don't know. Yeah. It um, aggravates me. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Wolfman's probably my favorite uh, monster and movie from that series. Um, recently, though, I think last year or two years ago, um, Cineplex was doing... Uh, oh. Every month they do um, like a flashback, yeah, thing. Weekend, yeah, exactly. And um, they have, uh, or they had uh, the original creature from the Black Lagoon, and um, it was originally uh, done in 3D, and you actually saw it in 3D at uh, Cineplex. Man. And so it was great to see, to see this movie from the 50s in 3D because you just really don't cool. <laughs> think about watching it. You know what I mean? Like it's so, yeah. It, it was a really cool experience. Um, I find that. Um, you know that monsters aren't scary anymore when people start making fun of them. Yeah. Um, and when they start being in comedies and stuff. So, like, there was, like, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein yeah. and stuff like that. And that's probably... It was, like, I think 20 years, something like that, after um, after they sort of had their heyday in the 30s and stuff, when they started being, like, funny. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, that's also when they entered, like major like um popular culture too mm -hmm. like that's when kids started dressing up as frankenstein and dracula and wolfman going out trick-or-treating right yeah. but people didn't really do that in the 30s when those <laughs> movies were coming out right and then but then you think about it too it's like the same as with like um halloween and friday the 13th and stuff like those movies were like scary when they first came out but then like 10 15 years later and you get things like scream that make fun of slashers and scary yeah. movie that really make fun of slasher oh, yeah. you know what i mean so like um yeah, and then, like, I, I find that it's when kids start to dress up as those, that's when you know that it's yeah. kind of not scary anymore, right? Like, in a way, like, when you have kids going out as Freddy Krueger, those kids aren't really scared of Freddy Krueger anymore. That always comes to mind when you're talking about people dressing up as a universal monster or whatever. Mm -hmm. I always think of Halloween 4, mm -hmm. when they're teasing Jamie and the one kid's dressed up like Frankenstein's yeah. monster, yeah. but it's like... I think that was the first time I seen. It. I was like, "Oh, he's like all neon colors and stuff." Yeah, it's like it's different. It's you're not. It's not the same effect. It's not the same look. So you kind of like disassociate yourself with 
the thirties monster. Right, ex- right, exactly. And it's like, oh, okay, well, that's kind of weird now. Right, I remember seeing him like, well, that's not Frankenstein's monster that I right, seen right, exactly. Yeah. Um. So, uh, just to quickly talk about like some of the actors and stuff, like you have like um, Lon Chaney Senior, who was in all the silent movies, and he was. Like I said, uh, Phantom of the Opera. I think that's my favorite of his. Oh, really? Phantom of the Opera? Yeah. Like, well, it, it, it has one of the best jump scares of that time, which is when she walks over and takes off his mask, yeah. and then you see that face for the first time. And, and the makeup in it. And he did all of his own makeup yeah. and stuff, right? Which and is like, incredible. Same thing, like, he was Hunchback of Notre Dame, and he did all that makeup and all the stunts, and Tom yeah. Savini always said that, like, he wanted to be Lon Chaney. He's pretty much And he his. is. He's an actor, you yeah. know, he, he, he is a makeup artist and a stunt guy. That's yeah. literally Tom Savini, right? Um, and then uh, Lon Chaney had a son who was a horror icon in his own right, and he became Wolfman and stuff yep. like that. Um, and then... Um, uh, you have Boris Karloff, who originally played Frankenstein and uh, the Mummy, um, and then uh, you have Bela Lugosi, who of course played Dracula very famously. But Dr- Bela Lugosi was in like a whole bunch of horror movies for Universal, and then eventually the Ed Wood stuff later on in his oh, yeah. life, right? Um, but uh, it's funny. Um, the original poster for Frankenstein said uh, had Bela Lugosi's name on it, but because that he was supposed to play mm. Frankenstein's monster, but uh, he dropped out of it famously because he didn't think that the role was. He was like, "There's no like I want. I'm an actor. I want to you know talk and stuff." Yeah. And he's like, "I don't want to just be in makeup and like <laughs> grunt." Yeah. Right. Exactly. <clears throat> so, um, but he eventually did play Frankenstein. I forget which movie he plays him in, but uh, it's funny because um, when people imitate frankenstein's monster they typically like stick out their hands and start like walking but that's that's actually bella lugosi's frankenstein that does that because he's blind in that movie so he's literally walking around with his hands out because he's like feeling around for things (laughs) because frankenstein doesn't do that in the original or in bride of frankenstein it's only when you get to that movie but it's just really funny how like uh, it's the same thing as like um uh, in the original Frankenstein movies, there's no character hunchback assistant named Igor. That's not a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but like everyone thinks that they know. Like, oh, Igor is, is Frankenstein's hunchback assistant, obviously. But like, yeah. that's not a character that exists, no. right? Like, it's, it's just really weird how like these movies are so ingrained in pop culture, yet at the same time, no one really knows anything about <laughs> the movies, right? Like, that's pretty yeah, interesting. That's um, so uh, one. So well, here let's talk about this first. Um, George Romero was supposed to do uh, the Mummy remake. He had written a script and he was supposed to direct it, but Universal ended up passing on it and ended up going with the one with Brandon Fraser in it. Do you like those movies or no? They're fun. I, I think I I like the first one. The second one's okay, and then I don't pay attention to anything. Right. Like and then there's that abysmal Tom Cruise. That thing was. I don't even know how that got greenlit. Right. I don't know how that got made. Yeah, because we can't have a Universal Monsters episode and not talk about the Dark Universe that was supposed to happen. That was fucking... That was bullshit. Like, <laughs> I'm getting aggravated now just thinking about they that. They had that cast photo, and they're like, here's everyone who's going to be in the Dark Universe, and they had an Invisible Man, and a Frankenstein, and a Wolfman, and they're like, here's all of us, and all these dapper people just standing there, and it just completely fell apart. Um, do you think that... Um, that you can make a horror universe out of these monsters. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at um, Fred Decker's The Monster Squad, yeah, he brought them together so well. Right. 
it was Dracula pretty much getting them all out. Yeah. And then, I mean, even though Frankenstein's monster kind of like is good in that. Right. Because he hangs out with the kids. Sure, but the monster's still in it. Right? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, he's still yeah. in it, but he's he's doing something different. And right. I like that. And I think that movie's a prime example as he can bring universal monsters mm-hmm. together or whatever because it works well. It's funny. Yeah. There is some, like, scares in it if you haven't seen it before. For like, I, th- I think that's a good... Um, starter movie for kids oh yeah for sure yeah exactly yeah. i mean it's got humor in it the one kid who's scared yeah and he tells his dad to check the closet and he opens it and he's standing <laughs> the, mo- the mummy's standing there and he's like oh boo there's nothing in right. there he closes the door i'm like that's that's good like humor. yeah no for sure yeah and i mean even towards the ending and this movie's like i don't know 30 years old now so fuck get over it <laughs> uh near the ending when they're all fighting i'm just like this is so fun right now right all the monsters and like the policemen they're like holy shit like there's actual monsters right. here i think it could work now and i'd love to see an updated version after they did their separate movies okay so like we just got invisible man right so then you want to see, see like a dracula frankenstein yeah, Wolfman, and, then and then do, do like a monster squad <laughs> yeah like fuck that'd be yeah even if it was like a super serious monster squad yeah i'd totally be down for it yeah that would actually be it would be cool. such a fun movie um do you think the modern audiences though like because we kind of moved away from like crypts and castles into like yeah billion dollar homes right exactly you know what i mean like it's things have changed in the horror genre i don't know if audiences would be as receptive i think it would have to be modern day stuff i don't think they could do a castle and if they did it would only be like some sort of flashback scene and then jump 50 years later right and then it'd be all modern setting right but yeah i don't think it would be able to be set in that particular timeline right and it would only cater to people like us. Yeah, exactly. A lot of like... Because I feel like that was probably Wolfman uh, 2010's problem was that... Set it's, back in... Yeah, exactly. Day day and it's just like, not a lot of people want to watch that stuff. Right, because not not only is it like, okay, first you have to sell people on the fact that it's like, oh, it's like your grandpa's monster. But at the same time, it's also, you have to be like, oh, and it's a period piece movie. Yeah. So you, ha- it's, you already have two things against you, right? And I feel like that only caters to a specific audience, like there's you know slasher movies because people only like slasher movies. right zombies because only people like zombies right so i really think that they would have to modernize it mm-hmm. in order to get everyone's attention and right. even then like i wouldn't like i like when we get into visible man i'll talk about it i didn't mind it right. how it's set in that time because like the backstory worked for it right of like who the guy is and what he does. Yeah, exactly. If they if they could do that and they could just get Lee to direct them all, <laughs> right. I'd be fucking down. Yeah, for it so bad yeah, that would be that would be cool. He's an incredible director. But um, do you think that um, Twilight might have ruined the chances of Dracula or the Wolfman ever being scary again? Um, for like a, a general a audience, little, a little bit, yeah. Um, because now the whole that, sparkling thing, like, yeah. I get it's like based off of like. Uh, a young adult novel or yeah. whatever the hell it is but like but like yeah for somebody like me i've seen it and it's affected me i'm like no right like, even with cw when they were doing the lost boys they're doing the pilot for it yeah like now or whatever but i don't have high, high hopes, hopes for it, for it right yeah. now until i see something because i'm like they're gonna make them all handsome ass sure 
and like sure and like they kind of were in the original though but it's different like they were still when it got time for them to be scary they were still scary in lost boys right look at lost boys they all look like grungy punks Mm -hmm. and i'm like that kind of works. No, for sure. Like it absolutely Kiefer does. Sutherland, he's like, he's got this fucking mullet and yeah. he looks like an asshole. But I'm like, if they were to make vampire movies now, I would see like, you know, the underdog, like yeah. a punk or like a nobody kid. Like even in uh, Fright Night, yeah. like the original. Um, what's his name? I always forget the guy's name. He always laughs at him. Oh, um, <laughs> shit. But like, yeah. what's his name? Um. Oh my god. Chris, the guy who's a vampire. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, listen, like nobody will make fun of you again. And he knows he gets made fun of, and he's like the outcast. And he, you see him break down, and then he's like, all right, like bite me so I can be... Right. You know, nobody will ever make fun of me again. Right. So stuff like that, like, I think... I would believe that he would be a vampire before Robert Pattinson. That's fair. Like... Yeah, I don't no, see I, 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 vampire yeah. at all. No, I, I totally understand that. Chris Sarandon, god damn it. Yeah, yeah, I see. Thank God. <laughs> but yeah, that, I see, I would rather that instead of seeing like Robert Pattinson or like big name guys be a, a vampire. Just right. because like, if it's kind of like a nobody, like an, a, a known actor, but who plays characters that are kind of nobodies. Right. I would believe that more than, than anything. Sorry, my dog is freaking out. It's all good. But yeah, I believe that more than these hothead. Yeah, no, I, I, like, yeah. Oh, I'm so pretty. I'm yeah. sparkle in the sun. Right, exactly. Me. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I understand that. Um, okay, so do you want to talk about? Uh, we went to go see a movie yesterday. Yes. Um, after seeing nothing but praise for it, um, it's funny. Uh, you wouldn't think that this would be the type of movie that people that are like hardcore into like the. 1930s monster movies yeah. would like but they were coming back to me like guys like this is universal monsters done right yeah and like, i was like oh shit like that excited me um so this is gonna get super spoilery everybody i i apologize yeah. but go see it if you haven't seen the invisible man yet it's really good that's all that we're gonna yeah, say like the hype is definitely there like it all the reviews live up to like the movie lives up to it oh for sure so from this point on, spoiler alert, everybody! If you don't want to hear spoilers for uh, 2020's uh, Invisible Man, then it's got some sort of irony in 2020 being related to Vision and then Invisible Man. <laughs> but that was just weird to say. Um, but yeah, anyways, if you don't want to hear spoilers, uh, stop the episode, come back and listen to it. Um, but from this point on, heavy spoiler, spoiler discussion yeah. of the Invisible Man. Uh, okay, so um, we talked in our remake episode. We talked about. Um, references uh, and like nods to the originals and stuff um and when it's overboard it's really cringy and when it's like so subtle that if that most people wouldn't even notice it Mm -hmm. then it's a good reference right there were two references that i noticed and i was like holy shit like that's fucking great because um so one okay if you know what the invisible man from the 1933 movie looks like visually to look at him He's wearing, like, the bandages all around his face, and he's got, like, the little goggles, and he's got, like, a fedora top hat, okay? When the girl is sleeping, and she wakes up because the the blankets are pulled off, you know how it's, like, the mannequin? It's wearing an outfit. It's so fucking cool. I was like, holy shit. Like, I looked at it, I was like, that's the Invisible Man, right? I've seen it, and now that you're saying it, I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, 
because That's, it wasn't wearing the absolutely. same outfit, but it was wearing, it was like a hoodie, but it looked very, it, in the silhouette, it looked just like the yeah. fucking Invisible Man, and it had was, the little fedora oh. on it, and I was, I was like, like goosebumps. yeah, and I was like, holy was like, shit, because oh, that's such a good like reference for the people who like know what yeah. the original is, and then like, because you're like, oh, it's the Invisible Man, and then like when the blankets pulled off, you're like, there it is, <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> but was, like, but it's not, but oh, it is at the same time, right? Um, then the other thing that I noticed and. At first, I thought I was reading into it, but then I'm like, no, it's probably is a reference. Is um, when she's in the hospital or the the doctor's office or whatever, um, or maybe it was the police station. I forget where it was, but um, uh, they're pulling some guy on like a gurney, and he's like head like the completely bandages. wrapped up in bandages, yeah. and he's and like he's staring at her. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really cool reference too, right? Yeah. Like. If that wasn't a reference, they wouldn't have included that in the movie because yeah. it never came back up. This guy wasn't nah. anybody, right? Like it had to have been a reference to the movie. Um, so I thought that that was really cool. What did you think of the movie as a whole? Um, I I'm seriously like it's a contender for movie of the year for me. Right. Like it's very well done. Uh, I'm gonna butcher his last name, but it's uh, Lee Winnell, mm-hmm. who's done Saw, mm-hmm. Upgrade. I mean, he's. Insidious, right? He's very well known. Him and James Wan worked together very well together. Yeah, uh, they kind of broke off and started doing their own things, which I, I like because I don't want to associate them together. And be like, oh, he's influenced by him. He's influenced by him. Right. So he went off and did this, and it's funny because um, he went in to the offices. I think Universal, and. He went in, I believe, with some other like idea he had in mind. He's like, well, we want to do this. And he's like, okay. And it took him like five minutes or whatever. He's like, here's my idea for it. And they, they're like, yes, we want to do it right now. Right. So that's pretty incredible to think like he didn't have that much prep time for it, like this idea. And they just, yes, let's do it. But the movie as a whole is very strong. It's very intense. Yeah. From the get-go. It's in, like, I, I wasn't like... I didn't get scared from it or anything because no. it didn't scare me. <laughs> right. But like I, I was sitting there tense. But there were like, a couple moments when fuck. like all of us that went and even some other people in the theater were like, "Holy Gasped. shit!" Like, <laughs> yeah. oh my god! And it's something so small, but even the opening uh, titles. Yeah, I, I fucking loved, loved it. It reminded me oh, of the thing opening. For say, you know, when like the thing like title like opened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It reminded me of it's that. It's just literally the camera looking at rocks. Yeah. And tidal waves coming in, and yeah. as the water goes up and comes down, it'll show uh, the Invisible Man title. Yeah, and yeah. then the water slowly goes away, and you start—you don't see it anymore. Yeah. And it's like directed by Lee. Wong right, exactly. I just thought that was such a—it it was, was super, such a good touch. Movies like, don't really have like creative things like that no, anymore. And, and like, like that, I was like, oh. oh, maybe this might be different. And then like, I really liked like the camera work too, because like. Some of the shots were yeah. so good. Like, um, what's her name? Like, even starting, like, I don't know, like, the start of the movie, it shows, like, the title and stuff, and then, like, it shows, like, the, a bit of the opening credits, and the camera just pans out, and then there's just, like, this big-ass house with, like, a light on, yeah. and you're like, perfect, like, this is such a good way, yeah. it didn't cut to something different, it was, like, it was filming it, and then it just pans up, and then, like, and boom, the we're in the fucking story, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, it's... Oh. It, it's like it was, just before the titles happen like there's a movie going on right that, yeah. you know what I mean like it's so cool it was really well done yeah um, um, Elizabeth Moss she was good in it she um, was really good I, I don't know her from much neither do I but like um, yeah oh. she she really okay so I really liked almost every single aspect of the movie yeah one thing and I don't okay there's 
two things that I'm going to talk about here. Yeah. When anybody's fighting the Invisible Man... <laughs> It looks ridiculous. It looks no matter rid- what. It looks ridiculous. You can't um, get over There's it. one part when, like, he first grabs her when they're in the kitchen, and he, like, lifts her up or whatever, and she looks like she's, like, moonwalking, and yeah. she's, like, doing this. <laughs> and I, I almost laughed. Yeah. But just because it, it looks silly, but, like, it... That was, like, the only thing that, like, took me out of the moment was, like, people look like they're, well, like, little it, kids, like, fighting, yeah. like, nothing. Once it first happens, it definitely took me out, but then... Once she gets thrown up against the wall and then yeah. thrown again, I'm like, okay, sure. here yeah, we go. That's what, sure, exactly. You know what she's fighting. No, now. it was you just when she, she first gets picked up. She's, she's like, kind of yeah. like kicking her legs, yeah. like moving her shoulders. And I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. Um, There's just so much. Oh my God. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's over Okay, right so now. do you want to start? Okay, let's start from the beginning. Um, let's start from the, actually, let's do a brief description of the story. It's basically um, about uh, an abusive boyfriend, husband. Do they ever clarify? Husband. Is it his husband? Um and uh, he's mentally and emotionally and physically abusive to yeah. uh, to his wife. Um, who's played by Al- <laughs> Oliver Jackson Cohen, who was in uh, The Haunting of Hell House. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. I did not know that. Yeah. And then Elizabeth Moss is his wife. Okay. Perfect. Um, so then uh, uh, basically what happens is um, she's been drugging him uh, with like sleeping pills and stuff. Um and because she's gonna plan her escape, and um, there's the opening is pretty intense. Oh yeah. Even though we don't know anything about the situation, we just know that she really needs him to be asleep, and yeah. she really needs to get the fuck out, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, she ends up hitting her butt on the car, and then the alarms go off, and then he ends up waking up. But you don't know for sure if he's woken up until she's over the fence. And then the light turns on, and you're like, yeah. oh shit! And then she just starts booking it through. And, uh, um, the first jump scare is actually really effective. Like when she gets in the car and her sister's like, um, what's going on? She goes, just fucking drive. And then just see him booking through yeah, the forest. And he just punches, punches the through the fucking window. It's crazy. It's really intense. And Cause like, even though you see it, it's, it's just enough time to be like, holy shit. And then be like, oh shit. And then when it happens, <laughs> yeah. like, fuck. Right. Right. Exactly. And like everyone in the theater is like, oh shit. Like at, you can see it happen. It shouldn't give you a jump scare, but you... I don't know. It's so hard to explain. It's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so basically, uh, um, she's been away for a couple weeks, uh, hiding out from him. Um, she has, like, PTSD about it, obviously. She thinks that he's going to come find her. Um, and then, eventually, um, she finds out that he apparently killed himself. And then, uh, afterwards, some weird things start to happen. Um, and the audience knows that somehow he's in her house with her and there's a lot of really cool scenes. It's little subtle things too. Like the, the coolest part is when you're not sure if he's there or not, because you go to see the invisible man, you know, he's going to be invisible at some point, but when she's in the kitchen making breakfast and shit, and then she goes to drop the knife or whatever, and you watch the knife slide back, but you don't hear it fall. That's like the coolest shit. And I th- like the one thing that really I notice is like when that stuff's happening, the sound mm-hmm. is really it's incredible because you hear them off and you hear her talking to the one guy's daughter. Yeah. But then everything else is heightened. Yeah. You hear uh, a burner. Oh, yeah, turn. Exactly. yeah. I was just gonna say that. You yeah. Hear, uh, the skillet and the things that are in it start to cook more. You yeah. hear the flame. The sound design was incredible. Yeah, and- it was. 
This was probably one of the best well-made movies. No, where, where like, very... everything about it was, like, designed as, like, an art piece. Yeah. And was it, it, it was a, a very designed movie to yeah. make you feel like you're involved in it. Yeah, and it's probably, like, the greatest way to update it. I right. mean, he's supposed to be, like, this super high-tech, like, top-of-the-line, like, security system kind of right. ordeal. And he... He pretty much what the suit is is like it's a suit that can go invisible, but it's got a bunch of cameras all over. Yeah, it. it's so cool. Yeah, and I thought that was such a cool design choice too, because yeah. like the original is basically just about like a scientist who's messing around with things, and then he's like, "Oh shit, I can turn invisible." Yeah, and then it's like, "Well, you probably shouldn't do that." He's like, "I don't give a fuck." But like this one is like, "This guy's a fucking ab-. and I really like that he's like an abusive asshole." Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like. Because, I mean, like, whether or not you've been in a relationship like this, like, you know about relationships where, like, you yeah. feel like you can't escape the person that yeah. you've left. You know, they, they're making you feel like you're crazy. Yeah. And I thought that that was such a great thing about this movie was that um, you feel for her because she's talking about, like, oh, yeah, he always used to make me feel crazy. And then literally because she knows that he's there and he's, like, trying to burn the house down and shit and he's punching the girl in the face and oh, it's like yeah. and she's like i didn't do this but like it's it's that same stuff from their relationship still coming back it. right yeah. but how can she prove that exactly. that it's him fucking guy's invisible um i did have some minor gripes about plot holes don't really bother me because like i'm just i'll accept it for the sake yeah. of the story um but it did kind of like when, like, the first cop... So, eventually, uh, when she's in the um, the jail, I guess she's in, uh, and then the um, he makes himself known because she stabs his suit, and it was really cool because he was, like, disappearing and coming back and stuff, and... I'm pretty sure we're going to have the same problem, so... Okay, keep going. okay, I so... I know what you're talking about. Well, so my, th- my thing with the plot was just basically, like, okay, so, like, one cop comes out and sees him, right? But, like, there's security cameras everywhere... Nobody's yelled. Right. Nobody said, what the fuck is going right. on? Right. It's just like, It's like oh. one person walks out and goes, hey. Yeah. Well, and there's like, sit down, Cecilia. And oh, then she's man. like, no, he's there. He's like, who's there? And then that guy gets killed. And two then fucking, other guys two other guys, they go, come. hey, what's going on, Cecilia? She's like, he's there. And they go, what? And then he gets shot. And then three people. And I then, know. hey, what's was, going I told, on? I told Amanda last night, I was like, that was my pretty much my only problem. And the CG for the suit. Okay. I agree. Um, that scene though reminded me of like playing Grand Theft Auto, where you like find like yeah. a spot and the cops just keep showing up. And you're like, <laughs> and then you just wait, and then your star rating comes up, yeah. and then three more cops come out. You're like, <laughs> I know. It's, that was like, I wasn't like pissed off, but it bugged me because I'm like, how? Right. How does he keep doing this? Right. Like, he's just a guy. Right. In a suit. He's right. not a fucking no, superhero right, monster. Exactly. Right. He's just a guy. And like, yeah. And like, she was never like, oh my god, like, everybody come out. And like, no one, like, cops were getting shot and like, only like two other guys were like, hey, what's going on here? And the guy's suit would only flash when he had the other, like a cop in a position where he couldn't do anything about it. And I'm like, that, what? Right, exactly. (laughs) Nobody else is around. They're like, hey, maybe we should go check this out now. Two other guys just No, Right. And then, yeah, it's just like, I don't know. There's just... But, like, how did... So, like, if he was coming in and out, though, like, sure, he might be invisible, but I'm pretty sure that, like, the detection things, like, uh, the scanners that she walks through, like, when she's got the gun, like, don't those base off of, yeah. like... Metal. Metal and heat and stuff. So, like, yeah. you'd think that it would be, like, beep, and someone would be like, what the fuck? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, but, I mean, that's that's really nitpicking. I yeah. shouldn't really dig that deep, because it is, like, a Blumhouse Because, like, movie, those right? two but, things are pretty much the only things I had 
minor problems with yeah. because the movie's so solid throughout. What did you think of the ending? I so okay, like what happens in the ending? Mm-hmm. You, it's hard to talk about because I don't know if I should be spoilery. Yeah, the well, they're listening. We've said spoilers. Okay, <laughs> so you see uh, Elizabeth. You know, get upset. She's got the cop in the car, and they're like, "Listen, we're gonna catch this guy saying that he did it." And he's not saying it, but early on in the movie, when she first gets admitted to the hospital, I believe, he says, surprise. Yeah. Uh, the first time he says it is when... Uh, uh, the paint. Yeah, the phone is up in That's the right. attic. And then he says it again to her, and immediately, like, because we know, it clicked. It's the exact same way it's been said before. Yeah. And I think she knows it. And then you see her go off. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's just sitting there. And his fucking hand goes up with a knife. Right. And boom, then he slits his dead. throat. Right. And it's like... I first I was like, there's another person. Right. Like, somebody else is there. Because she comes walking out. Right. I was like, oh, never mind. Like, she just did it because she's fucking done. She's tired of this. Right. And then it just kind of shows her, you know, interact with the cop and be like, no, he killed himself, right? Right. And, and he like, knows yeah. because all the shit she's been through, he's like, yeah. Yeah. She, he, he killed himself. And it just shows her walk off. And I think I didn't mind the ending because you feel for her throughout the movie. Right. And it's like she finally has, um, she's free. Right. She doesn't have to deal with them. There's no more pain. There's no more suffering. There's right. no more getting put through shit. And like, I didn't mind it because it was like, okay, well, it's kind of, it kind of goes off on a, like, like a happy ending for her. Because she's done, right. like, she doesn't have to worry about that shit anymore. And I was like, okay, I can live with that. If it was something stupid, like, all of a sudden somebody else got killed, right. I think I'd have a problem with that. Right. I think it ended the way it needed to end. Interesting. Clarity and closure for her. She knows she's not going to get bothered anymore. Interesting. And, um, yeah. I, I didn't mind it. Surprisingly. I, I felt that the movie is so strong, and then I feel like when they do, like, that, um, uh, the little, like, shootout at the police station, mm-hmm. I feel like... They were just like, I don't know where the fuck I'm going with this, right? And then, but then they take it to the house, because it's like, oh, like, your daughter's going to get killed next. And then the cop's like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like maybe that should have been the ending. Only because when they get, when she goes to his house, like the mansion, and um, he doesn't come across... And I know that, like, you can make the point, like, oh, well, he's, like, an abuser and shit. Like, he's not supposed to come across as a monster. But he doesn't come across as, like, this guy that just killed so many fucking people, right? Yeah. He comes across as just, like, just a dick. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, like, I've always loved you. My, You're the only one that sees my hand shaking. And, like, his guard is so down that I almost didn't believe. Yeah. Because, like, he knows that, like, she's known that he's been there the whole time. She's figured this all out mm-hmm. him, herself, and he knows that. And, but then at the same time, he's like, oh, well, yeah, head off in the bathroom and I'll just sit here. Even though I know that you've been into my house and you know that I have the suit, but, like, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I felt like he was a smarter character than that to let that happen in a way. Well, because they talk about it throughout the whole movie. Uh, He reads her. Right. Like, the part about, like, getting up and leaving. And he's like, you'll never leave me. Right. There won't be any chance. So, 
even though I know that you liked having like the closure ending of yeah. where like her thing, what I would have personally preferred would have been if when she shot him at the house and she's like, oh shit, it's his brother. What if it's like in that moment where like shit, like he, the other guy's not dead. Like let's say that he's not dead mm-hmm. at all. But that he did get his brother to, like, work with it. And it's, like, two invisible men, basically. Yeah. But then let's say that instead of... He's like, all right, fine. Like, you're not going to do this. Then I'm just going to fucking stay... I'm going to be in the room with you every fucking day for the... I'm not going to fuck with you. But, like, I'm going to be in the room with you every day. And you yeah. can never get rid of me. Yeah. And I feel like that would have been, like, an ending similar to, like, the way that, like, uh, the original Halloween ends. Where you leave the theater being like, oh, shit, he's still out there. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that would have also been a strong ending where... Oh, If yeah. we leave the theater, we're like, oh, shit, there's an invisible man out here somewhere. Yeah. And he can... When we go home at night, we're like, yeah. oh, shit. But the, the way that too. it ends is, like, it's just a guy who got his throat... He's just a pussy that got his throat slit, right? Like, I don't know. That was just that the movie's so strong and then it just kind of to me falls apart in the last 10 minutes yeah. to me personally yeah um no, I, I think that ending would have worked too though right it definitely would have right i just think because like i guess i kind of like i felt so much for her right i think that's why i'm like that ending's good that's fair um do you think that he needed to fuck with her more? Because I loved, like, the scene where, like, she goes for the job interview and she doesn't have her papers. Like, I wanted more, like, subtle ways to fuck with her. Yeah. Well, even when uh, she calls his phone. Yeah. And she's hearing it vibrate, I'm like, okay. And at first I was like, maybe she won't go up there. She's going to tell the cop. Right. But then she ends up going up there. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Right. But, like, even that paint gag. Right. That was... That paint gag was fucking great. I loved it. When she leans over the thing, and then, like, we see nothing, but then she throws the fucking paint, and then it's right there. Oh, my God, dude. That was such a great... It was really good. Yeah, like, holy shit, that was great. Um, But then, referring back to my thing about, like, the security camera shit, it's like, okay, so, fine, you put... She didn't actually punch the girl, but, like, the cop thinks that she punched the girl. Cop's gonna come home at some point. Stay up in the attic. If I can just keep stabbing there, make sure that he doesn't come up. But, like, when the cop comes in, just be like, there's fucking somebody in here. Like, I have proof. Like, I've poured paint on this guy. There's fucking paint footsteps everywhere, right? Like, I don't know. I I feel like she could have made her case a lot earlier. Um, But I did really, like, this movie is really, really good. Yeah. Very enjoyable. I... And like I said, it's definitely contender for movie of the yeah, year. Yeah, well, that's what Montana said too. She's like, that's the February. best movie we've seen this year. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, well, we've only seen one other movie so far. <laughs> I'm like, so I and fuck, it's better than Harley Quinn: Birds of Prey. So but honestly, like I say that now, but once Halloween Kills yeah. comes out, like <laughs> that'll be movie of the year. Right, for exactly. Me. <laughs> um, what else? So Candyman's coming out this year. As oh well. yes, let's talk about that. Okay. About that. Yeah. Um. What are your thoughts on the Candyman trailer? At first, before when I heard about it, um, I wasn't excited for it. Uh, I heard, like, there's multiple Candymen. Right. And I heard it wasn't going to be, like, violent or anything like that. Right. And then I was like, oh, fuck. And then the test screenings, apparently, were very poor. Right. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. And this is me just hearing about this last week, so I'm like, they have no time to reshoot. But apparently, I'm pretty sure they did. Right. Because when you watch the trailer, it's very much the same feel right. as the original and it's supposed they they call it a spiritual sequel right to the original and i mean jordan peele i think has proven himself as a director mm-hmm. and a writer so he co-wrote Candyman, which i'm very excited about because like i liked us 
I thought it was very well done. Okay. And it was different. Like it was. Yeah, it, it is different. That's what I liked about it, it so is... much. Is he's putting out shit that's different. It's right. not the same rehash. That's true. And then you hear that Tony Todd's gonna have something to do with it. And I'm right. like, right off the bat, I'm down for that. And I just rhyme, so. Um, <laughs> but then you watch the trailer, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is actually looking not that bad. Right. Um, and something that gets spotted out in the trailer is when the actor, I don't know his name, mm-hmm. is walking by a car. You see a reflection, and it looks kind of like Tony Todd. So right. I'm like, holy fuck. I'm like, that's yeah. cool. It's it's something little, but I'm like, all right, this is this has really got my attention now. Right. I think I'm ready to see this. So I'm I'm looking forward to it now when I wasn't looking forward to it at all. Right. I'm very excited for it. Yeah. Um I'm not a huge I mean it's like the equivalent of like you with the Universal Monsters. Like I saw it when I was a kid. I don't really remember. I mean everyone really just remembers like the thing with the bees and stuff. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's what like the main like, the thing, big thing that is, you like, remember. It's Clive Barker. Right. That's what it has. And Clive Barker is very hit, hit or miss, though. Yeah, um, you know, like you've got like the Hellraiser stuff, obviously. Yeah. Um, but then, like, yeah, like, um, yeah. So I, I don't really have like nostalgia for it the way that like something like Dawn of the Dead. Or, <laughs> Dawn of the Dead. I mean, obviously that too. But I mean, like <laughs> Halloween. I don't know why I said Dawn of the Dead. Um, but yeah, like something like Halloween, which like I live and breathe. But um, yeah, I mean, like I'll definitely go see it. Like, yeah, yeah we'll have to go. Um, one thing though about because I, I recently saw us and I hadn't seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that the opening was incredibly strong. Mm-hmm. I thought it was like a really like creepy opening, and then when it gets to um, the part where uh, she's not saying anything and um, when she's like talking like or the parents talking to a psychiatrist and the, and the mom goes oh I just want my little girl back I'm like. Oh, she swapped places with the other one, and then my mom's like, "I'm glad somebody figured it out." Because I was right. like, "Oh, well, maybe she's just not talking." Right. So then my mom's like, "Right, like that's what I think too." And like we watched with my girlfriend, she, she, she's like, "Okay, guys, like stop thinking about it." And I'm like, "No, but is that what it is?" And then like when it came to that, I'm like, "I'm like, there's, I'm like, there's no fucking way that like your first thought is like, oh, they swap places." Yeah. And then it's like, oh, that's exactly what that's it is. exactly what happened. Right, but like, yeah, so. Everyone kind of, like, jerks off over Jordan Peele, and, like, yeah. I get it to some point, because he is making some of the smarter movies of this generation, but at the same time, I don't know, like, he always talks about, um, like, Night of the Living Dead, and how that's an important movie for black people yeah. and stuff like that, right? And it is, it obviously. Is, yeah. But what makes George Romero different from a Jordan Peele is that things like... Night of the Living Dead, or even, like, Planet of the Apes and stuff, is, like, it, it it works on a level where you can enjoy it just for the story. Yeah. Like, you can watch Dawn of the Dead and not think about race and social class oh, and yeah. stuff. Or you can watch it and be like, holy shit, he's talking about this and this and that, and there's so much subtext. And I feel like Jordan Peele deals with all of that stuff on such a face value yeah. that I feel like it almost makes it not smart. Yeah. You, know, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if he just dealt with it in subtext, it would be so much more oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't know if people would watch a movie like that with where mm-hmm. it's all subtext yeah. and not on the surface. No, I know. Right? Um, but, you know, we'll see what uh, what Candyman's like. I honestly, like, I love black exploitation films. Right. And I really think he's, he's bringing that back, kind of. Sure, yeah. But it's like, all his movies, like... And it's not bad, like, there's 
a strong lead black actor actress Mm -hmm. and it's just like it, it makes me feel like he's bringing that back it feels like like with his films, it's definitely making a comeback. And right. With Candyman, it fucking one hundred percent feels right. like a black exploitation right. film, not just a horror film. And I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm happy about that. Yeah. Um. Okay. So, do you want to do? Uh, we've been asked by some people that listen to the show <laughs> uh, to delve a little bit deeper on um, our opinions of the Evil Dead remake and our opinions of the Fright yes. Night remake. So. You have been very vocal about how you think the Evil Dead is a great remake. I've been very vocal about how I disagree entirely. I've been very vocal about how I love the Fright Night remake, and you've been very vocal yeah. about how you disagree. So let's get into this. All right, you start off. Let's okay. Hear about Fright Night. Well, okay. So what are your problem? I will address each of your problems. Okay. okay. That's how we'll do this. All right. Okay. So with Fright Night. Yes. Um. I forget the kid's name, Anton. Anton Yel- Yelkin. I don't have a, a problem with him. I think he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely, you know, passed on and he was gone too soon. But I don't mind him. Right. He's not a bad actor at all. He played a good Charlie. Sure. Um, how I was saying, like, the hot guys playing vampires. Yeah. I'm not big on Colin Farrell being okay. Uh, Jerry. My point to that though is that in the 80s, Chris Sarandon was a hot guy playing a vampire. <laughs> I know, and I think my, and I'll totally like say my faults. I think my thing is it was the 80s, right? I seen him in a lot of stuff like sure. Child's Play, sure. Like, that's and true. All that stuff. I think that's why I'm like, okay, I see him as, a, and he was hot, but he wasn't like. He wasn't this super buff big guy. Sure. He was okay. just your, you know, next door neighbor guy. Right. So that was a problem. And okay. then probably the biggest problem I have with that fucking movie mm-hmm. is um, David Tennant plays really? Peter Vincent. You don't like that it's a different take on no. Peter Vincent though? No, I do not. But, okay. <laughs> uh, but, okay, so here's my thing. The Peter Vincent in the original movie is based on like the... Like, the um, like some not like uh, Elvira and vampires, but like similar some things, of that, yeah. right? So it makes sense that he's like an over the top like late night horror host, and that's a really cool idea. But you have to remember that in like two thousand and seven and eight, when like Chris Angel was like the top of the thing, and it's yeah. like a play on on I, a Chris he Angel, gives you know? That vibe off, right? But I hate that dickhead. Who, Chris Angel? Yes, like, he's so fucking... I hate hearing him talk. I hate hearing him like, sure. oh, well, you just see this. And right. Like, no, fuck off. Yeah, like, but... Nobody wants to see you anymore. Sure, and that's fine. But I, I love... Okay, so this is actually the first thing that I'd ever seen David Tennant in. And then, obviously, like, I've gone back and watched Doctor Who and stuff. But, like, he's so funny in this movie. When, when like... um. Uh, Charlie's trying to ask him for like an interview or something. He's just, like trying to talk about his vampire problem, and like the girl hugs out and he just goes, "I fucked her." <laughs> it's just so funny. I, well, Nancy, like <laughs> it's it's funny, but for some reason, like to me, I'm just like that. That feels like um, a David Gordon Green kind of joke, sure. like that kind of comedy. Okay, okay. And I'm like, uh, because it is like when I think of um, oh god, Peter Vincent from. Yeah, the '85 version. I am thinking of Elvira. Right. I'm thinking almost Tales from the Crypt sure. kind of feel. Yeah, yeah. But it also makes me think of the Universal monsters. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. do very much. When I see him, I'm like, oh, he could be one of the mob guys right. going after the Wolfman or right. fucking going yeah, after yeah, yeah. Frankenstein's monster. There's just something so 
he's he's such a likable character. Yeah, no, for sure. He's got charm. Yeah. Even like his act, like both have British accents. Yeah, but like, well, Roddy McDowell though yeah, is one of my favorite actors. He's, he's so he's good. in um almost every single one of the Planet of the Apes movies, and like, and, he, like he's fantastic. Yeah, in them. I yeah I, I fucking love Roddy McDowell so much. Um. And then it's funny because, like, that was the first movie that I ever seen him in, not in, like, ape makeup. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. But, like, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, maybe it also helps me, too, though, because I saw the remake of Friday Night first. Yeah. But, like, I, I, I love both movies on a different level, though. Like, the yeah. original is so much fun. Oh, but yeah. And I feel like this is just a modern version of that. It's, like our sensibilities are different in like 2011 than they were in 85. Yeah. Um, so like the jokes that maybe wouldn't have worked, like you can't like remake that script. You know what I mean? Yeah. You have to modernize it a bit and there's no more horror hosts. So you have to get someone like a Chris angel who delves in, you know what I mean? Like that, that's why I don't mind that it's a different take because you need to update some parts of it. Yeah, that's true. I didn't, and then talking about like the subtle references too, though Chris Sarandon shows up in I it. I know, <laughs> and I like doesn't he kill him? Yeah, and I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> right? <laughs> he killed him. Um, and then uh, uh, even um, Imogen Poots, I think is her name. It's a weird name. She's in Twenty Eight Weeks Later and the New Black Christmas, and she plays Amy in this one. Oh yeah, yeah. She, um. At the end of the movie, when she's, uh, like, Jerry's slave or whatever, she's wearing that same white dress that Amy in the original yeah. wears. So, it's, like, I love when they do stuff I like know, that. Yeah, right? Like, it, it's Ugh. such... It's such... To me, it's such a faithful... It's totally in the spirit of Friday Night. Yeah. It's just yeah. modernized. And whether or not you like the modernization, that's dependent on you. But it's, like, essentially the same story, yeah. just with modern elements to it. Um, the other thing I think that bugged me, and I don't know why it bugged me, it's just, like... He has this app on how to pick locks, and all of a sudden he's like expert lock picker. I'm yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Maybe I, I should download the app. Sure. And I can start picking locks. <laughs> like I don't know, like no, little things that fair. probably shouldn't bother me. I'm um, like, how the fuck can he learn that in two seconds? Yeah. And now he can like get um, into any door. One of the things that I'm sure I'm almost positive isn't original to this movie, but um, the fact that it takes place in Las Vegas is such a genius idea for a vampire story because like. Th- yeah, everyone fucking sleeps in Vegas during the... Yeah. Like, that would be the so perfect place be, for a vampire to go, yeah, right? it wouldn't be, like, too hard to be like, oh, something's off about it. Right, no, exactly. Vegas. Right, right, exactly. So that makes sense, right. yeah. Like, and I thought that was a really cool change. Yeah. Because um, I think the original just takes place in wherever, suburbia, right? I don't think yeah. it's Vegas. Um, but is there any other problems that you have with it? Um, or? Uh, what it's missing, actually, is... Um, I think it's... I forget his name. Jonathan Stark? Okay. Which plays Jerry's... Oh, the know, friend? Watcher. Yeah. Like his keeper. And I always remember watching that movie, and there's one scene where he gets shot, and he gets shot right in the head, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, fuck, he's dead. But then you find out, like, he gave him pretty much immortality. Right. Until Cross gets thrown out, and yeah, then right. he's done for. But that fucking whole scene where he's melting, I'm like, this is... Oh, man, right. this is everything I want right now. Right. And then I found, like... I guess Colin Farrell was just like strong enough. He didn't need somebody to watch. Right. Him. Like it's missing that he's missing sure. his his keeper, and I right. kind of like that aspect of it. Okay. Because even when like Charlie's like looking around the place, uh, he just like comes out and he's like, "Hey kid, what the fuck are you right. doing?" Like, and he's just like, "Oh shit!" He's like, "He's like, what are you doing here?" Right. He's like, "Nothing." He's like, "All right, well, why don't you do something? Like, why don't you do nothing elsewhere?" And I'm right. Like, 
It's missing his charm to right. it, too. And... Um, sure, and that's fair. Uh, I I really liked how uh, the Jerry in the remake kept trying to, like, fuck the mom. But he didn't really want to fuck the mom, but he just wanted to come into the house. Yeah. And, like, uh, when uh, he asks if he has beer, then Charlie drops the beer. And he's like, you need help with that? And he's, like, standing at the door. He's, like, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get him to invite him in. Like, I don't know. I just, there's a lot of good that's scenes funny. in that movie. God. You might have to watch it again. I, you know what? I will give it. I'll give it another watch, and then I'll take everything into, into consideration. consideration. Yeah, I don't know. I, just, <laughs> I think it's because like that's. I think even that time, like around 2011, I wasn't really giving new stuff that much right. attention because I was like, I'm too stuck in the 80s and 70s. 80s yeah, really. but now like with stuff like Invisible Man getting made, I'm like, it's. You can't not. Yeah, we're in a really good age for horror stuff. It's making such a comeback now, and I'm extremely happy about it. Yeah. Because, like, it's dominating right now. It's fucking great. I'm so excited. Like, we're, honestly, like, to be a horror fan right now is probably the best time to ever be a horror fan. And, like, even with, um, like, you walk into, like, a Walmart or... And then there's like horror t shirts and shit, you know? And it's yeah. like, it's fucking like, I, I just bought a Pet Cemetery shirt from Walmart That's for so $9, cool. <laughs> right? Like, it's just awesome. Yeah, it really is. Like, <laughs> like it's making such like a, a mainstream uh, thing. And like, people are saying that they're horror fans now, well, right? Like, it's even cool. Like, um, my stepson the other day went to his grandma's and he asked. Amanda and I, he's like, what movie are you guys going to see? And we're like, oh, we're going to go see The Invisible Man. It's a scary movie. And he's like, oh, yeah, I've seen the, like, the advertisement right. on YouTube. And I'm like, that's so yeah, cool because yeah. he knows what we're talking about. Right. Um, okay, so I, I have a question for you just because I was talking about this with Montana on the way back. And um, I was like, oh, um, we were talking about uh, – She's always maintained, you know, like, whatever, movies are movies. Like, you can pretty much show, as long as the kid's okay with it, you can show them, like, yeah. whatever you want to show them, basically, right? Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, like, I would definitely take, like, an eight-year-old to see this movie. There's not really swearing. I'm like, there's, like, two throat slits, but, like... There's no nudity. Right. None at all. And I and the guy almost says motherfucker once. Yeah. And, like, but they don't swear in the rest of the movie. I'm like, I would definitely take an eight-year-old. She's like, with the throat slits? I'm like, yeah, but, like... They're not even really that bad, and like worst case scenario, you just cover the kids' eyes for like the three seconds yeah. on the screen, right? But like, it's not even it's not violent. Yeah. Other than the throat slit, obviously. I mean, like, there's two throat slits, and there's I cringe. Like, I got really like, oh, when she cuts her when st- she fucking sticks to the right. Pen in her, I was like, yeah. oh no. Yeah. Um, and then the knee, the kneecap. Oh yeah, when the guy gets that it was shot all it up. Was. And yeah. it's like this movie's so effective without the amount of violence yeah. that everything um, else has. You know what part I <laughs> couldn't look away or I had to look away during is um because uh, I, I hate needles. It's literally when she's getting the needle to put her to sleep. I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> and I have to turn away. That's no, funny. everyone's like, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh shit! I oh, can't man. look at this. That's but like, so yeah, and then like people throw against so she fucking cuts her wrist. I'm like, yeah! I but I can't watch a needle go. <laughs> a normal needle. <laughs> it's not even violent. It's literally I putting, like putting it in slowly. <laughs> no. Like, oh. Yeah, that, that was literally me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, okay, so. Wrap it up. What's your Evil Dead thing? Like, make your points okay, for why so, it's good. Evil Dead. <laughs> it's not just a remake of the first one because it nods at um, the second one as yep. well. Um, Fetty. Alvarez? Yes. Yeah. Like, I never say his last Yeah, one. it's all good. He is 
he came out of nowhere. I didn't really know him that much. And I was like, oh, fuck, the remake in Evil Dead. But then, like, Tap, Robert Tapper and Sam Raimi, Bruce Campbell, like, we're behind this. We're right. producing it. It's going to be violent. It's going to be gory. It's A lot of it's practical, and it is practical. And those were huge, huge selling points for me. There's one thing I don't like about it, but, I mean, I guess it kind of, like, it can make sense into the mm-hmm. story. Is she's there to kick her drug addiction. Right. Heroin. Was it heroin? I thought it was weed. No, some it's, okay. it's fucking, okay, like, she's cause... a fucking heroin and she's banging it all the time. Okay, is she? Okay. I, I, remember, like, I don't know why I thought it was weed when I saw it. I was <laughs> like, she went for a weed addiction? I know. But like, <laughs> you, they get to it, it's it's not like Ash is the main focus now. It's, right. Um, fuck, what's yeah, what's her name? her name? I forget it now. Um, that's Jane how, Levy. That's how, no, but what's her character name? Because that's how you know it's uh, not a... Mia. Fuck. Mia. And then, uh... So everyone remembers Ash Williams. No one remembers fucking Mia, whatever the fuck. <laughs> and, um... There is another cut of it. There's a director's cut where it's longer. Okay. And, um... Apparently her brother David's, like, more of a hero in it than he was in the original... Like, in the original cut. So she goes there to kick a drug addiction. I'm like, alright. Whatever. I'll get past that. Because I think, I think it's just stupid. If it, like, it's like people smoking pot and shit. Like, even right. in Friday the 13th remake we talked about. Yeah. It feels like he's guarding yeah. this weed. Yeah. Like, plant and i'm like what the fuck that's stupid. <laughs> but anyway she's there to kick a drug addiction uh she gives her spiel she's like i'll never touch this shit again she's like dumping it down this well and everybody's like oh she said that before but i mean uh the story is strong for evil dead okay it's not anything crazy about it they find the book he reads from it and then all shit breaks loose right um it's super violent mm-hmm. like i think they use Tons of blood in oh, it, yeah. just like they did, like the raining blood yeah. scene at the end is that's like, like the most memorable part for amount. me. And I mean, Jane Levy's the only one I really like. Was like, all right, yeah, I, right. Like, I don't mind watching this. She's a good actress. But then, like, little things like start happening. Like, the one guy's girlfriend's the first dead eye or whatever the the black woman, uh, and she like fucking sawing her face off and yeah. all this stuff and it's just like it's more so i think for me is why i love it is like the effects the gore right the monsters in it it's very much an evil dead movie and sure. then uh the one guy who reads from the book who's got the glasses and the yeah bar, he just takes the most brutal beat and he's just like still hanging right. on and it's like right. there's some humor with that and i just think it really like stays true to that like environment the right. evil dead movies and the fucking after credit scene with bruce campbell right. saying, like, that's it <laughs> right like, what a way to come um out. what i did love it's funny because the first time i saw it, well the only time i've seen it i went with my dad and um because i heard like oh like stay around for the end credits i'm like okay and then halfway through then credits they start playing the music from the original Evil Dead, yeah. and then there's the the actual tape recorder from the original, and yeah. he's like, "I've discovered something yeah, in the mountains," like, that was so and it's cool. like, "Oh shit, okay, that's cool." But I'm um, like, the best part of the movie is in the end credits, and it's just shit from the first movie. You're like, we should have just watched the first movie, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> right? And like, uh, yeah. So I don't know. I just found that the scenes that they replicated from the original weren't done in it wasn't as strong like evil dead is fucking off the walls ridiculous especially too especially too 
But Evil Dead 1 is just such a chaotic movie where, like, most of the time, it's the camera's just at, like, Bruce Campbell's face, and you just hear, like, yeah. like, happening around him. And, like, you just are, like, what? Like, you're in this fucking cabin, and there's just nonsense, and you have no idea how he's going to get out and shit, yeah. right? Um, whereas this one, I felt like when they replicated um, stuff from the original, uh, it didn't feel the same. Like, in the original, like, when, um, uh, I forget which character it is, but when her eyes are, like, uh, glossed over yeah. um she's like her eyes what is happening to her yeah, eyes yeah. and she like screams but then in the remake and i will never forget this she literally goes her eyes what are wrong with her eyes yeah, and it's, it's like okay well <laughs> but that I, even i want to watch it because i haven't seen the unrated cut but right the, there's the singing in the cellar oh that okay. stuff's missing and yeah they, they put it back in so i mean i'm like oh fuck okay, i gotta watch that right so, but i think that Don't they a light little... a dog on fire too, or am I crazy? I have a vague recollection of them lighting a dog on fire in like the opening credits. No, but that fucking cold opening is incredible. Yeah. Like okay, so, okay. they just tie the woman up and it's. Don't they light her on fire though? Do yeah. they kill a dog? Some I swear to God, a dog dies in this I movie. Think the dog dies. I can't remember, but they light her on fire okay. in the cold opening. She's just like, you just see this weird family and they're like yeah. downstairs and there's like a bunch of kind of like deformed people too. Right. And they're like. Yeah, we gotta, like, rinse her of the evil. And right. you just see her, and it's before you know anything. She's like, no, like, don't do this. Right. Like, I'm fine. It's not me. And then she just fucking snaps. Right. And then she's like, cocksucker this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, oh, man, here yeah. we go. And the scene, like, the part that makes it for me, too, it's just like, she's saying, she's like, you're all rotten hell. And then he's just like, I'm sorry, baby, I love you. And, right. blow, and you see everything. Her fucking head explodes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then it's just like, that violin, like, yeah, it's like evil. Then I was like, here we fucking go. Right. Like, we're about to like go on a fucking violent adventure right, right now. And that's what really got me hyped up. And the fact that it was just like, Raimi, Robert, and Bruce were all on board and were like, this is gonna be good. Yeah. I mean, they're even talking about that uh, the new one should be going into production sometime this year. Right. And I'm excited for that because they said it's gonna be different, but it's gonna be really good. And I'm right. Like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. So it's like I think we both need to sit down <laughs> yeah, and watch, watch it, it yeah. again. Yeah. And I think maybe even revisit it and see what yeah, we feel about it. Yeah, for sure. Again. Yeah, we'll have to. Um yeah, cuz I was just sitting there the whole time like, "Oh my god." <laughs> and like my one buddy who messaged us, his name's yeah. Chris. He fucking he's like a huge Evil Dead fan. Right. So that's why he's like, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm just talking about it." Like, yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Like, yeah. He loves it. And I'm like, "I I love it too, but there's some things I probably have to revisit with Fright Night. Yeah. That might not fully change my mind, but I might get something out of right. it more. Right. Because might... I, I forgot about the Chris Sarandon thing, and I'm like, I always like that when somebody pops up. Yeah, from, like from the, the original, original one yeah. or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm. we'll have to do that. We'll yeah, for sure. Revisit them and. Yeah, and then do a, another <laughs> updated we'll just, discussion. We'll do a quick, like, rehash of how um, we feel about it. When did Evil Dead came out? 2013, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, far. I mean, like, we're almost like 10 years away from the Fright Night remake. Isn't yeah, that, that crazy? That like, crazy. Jesus Next Christ. Year, Jesus. Yeah, where does time go, man? I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> so weird. on that incredibly depressing note, I think we'll <laughs> wrap this up. <laughs> Just know that time marches on and we're, every day we're an inch closer to death. <laughs> we're ending on a happy note. <laughs> Okay, uh, thank you everybody for listening to this episode. Um, I'm JT McCallum. I'm Evan Noworth. <laughs> and have a spooky day.